to another exciting episode of Wrestling with the Future. Psychic medium Angelo here, joined as always by Jeff the Ref Robinson. And we have a very special guest, Levi McDaniel Strong is, uh, is our guest tonight. And what makes this episode extraordinarily special, it's the introduction, the, the, the uh, maiden voyage, if you will, the virgin trip. You like that, Jeff? You're a virgin now. Wow, I can't believe it. Yeah. This is Jeff the Ref's debut episode of the Ref's Roundtable. You know it. And and I'll tell you what, this is a pleasure to have Levi on for the first night as my guest. Welcome, Levi, to the Ref's Roundtable. Now, Angelo, thank you for that pleasant introduction. I very well appreciate it. Well, you're quite welcome. Now, Here's now, I, I do have a little bone to pick with you, though. Oh, what, what's that? What's your bone? Okay, well, here's the thing, bro. Yeah. Like, you, know, you know, I love you like a son because you're, you know, about as old as my son would be today. So here's the thing. You know, Levi is a wonderful guest, and I, I appreciate seeing Levi here. Yeah. But, uh, you promised me, you know, so you be, first of all, I want everybody to know, you've been bugging the shit out of me. Can I get my own show? Can I have my own show? I want to do my own show. Okay, Jeff, I'll give you your own show. I came up with a a name for you, the Reps Roundtable. Okay? Uh, Okay, okay. Get a co-host. Get yourself a co-host. And then we'll see. We'll let it rock and see where you go. So here I am. I'm looking at Levi, a wonderful-looking face, by the way. And I see your pretty face as usual. But where the hell is this uh, this co-host? Uh, what what's, what is, bro? I, you know, my the, the co-host with the mostest is going to be here when when the time is right. That's all you need to know, Angelo. You know, I'll put it to oh, you this way. Shit out of me. <laughs> I'll put it to you this way. This, my co-host knows me better than you. My co-host wow. knows me probably about as well as my girlfriend. My co-host knows me. My co-host knows me about as close as a brother would. I know who's coming on. Who's that? Mrs. Guru, your mom. I wish, but Mrs. Guru doesn't follow wrestling like we do. So, (laughs) and neither does Papa Guru. Um, Oh shit! Okay, (laughs) so somebody that knows you as well, or. Better than I do. Holy shit, that's saying something. I guess, well, we're all going to be surprised then, folks. So, Jeff, uh, it's it's your, this is your gig. Um, I'm going to sit back and just kind of like, uh, where do you want to go with this thing? All right, you just take it. Take a seat back there, Angelo. I got this. I'm going to sit back, brother. (laughs) I got my smokes and my coffee. I'm in good shape. All right, all right. Well, Levi, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, man. It's a pleasure to be talking to you, fellas. Definitely. It's a pleasure to have you here on the debut episode of the Rest Roundtable. Now, um, let me get get uh, you know introduce everybody to you. Uh, let me introduce everybody to you really quick. You are in the wrestling business. You are an independent wrestler. And uh, real quick, what is your name on the Indies? Or do you, you know what? Do you, who do you go by? What's well, your, I go uh, by my name, Levi McDaniel. I've been using my name since I started. Um, Started training oh six, was sixteen years old, made my debut in early oh nine, January oh nine, was eighteen, right before my nineteenth birthday. And 
have been using my name pretty much ever since everywhere I've been. But you know okay. what? Um, some companies, you know, they want you to throw on a hood or use a different gimmick. Mm. I'm always down for whatever makes sense and what a promoter wants, as long as uh, it makes sense and works for the both of us. Well, now, I, I know you're out there in Iowa, and I, I'm here in Virginia, where, you know, in the Mid-Atlantic area, where right now the independents are really starting to get kind of hot again, as far as, like, the Mid-Atlantic hotbed, where back in the late 90s, you had Matt and Jeff Hardy, Joey Abs, um, Shannon Moore, it, so many of them that got picked up from just that, you know, general area. What is the Iowa indie scene like right now? Uh, you know... It's gotten, it's picking up some steam. There's a lot of promotions, but honestly, there's a lot of bad promotions too. There's good and bad, and there's a lot of good workers. There's a lot of bad workers. And actually, I feel like the whole central states in a whole, we've got guys out here that can, they could go hold for holds. They could tear down the house with anybody probably in the world, but that just doesn't reach to the East Coast or the West Coast just because of our location. So, Unless if that guy's really willing to travel, and unfortunately, a lot of these guys, they're losing a lot of money just because of our location, and I'm really not about that, so it's hard to get some some traction as far as the publicity goes out here. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of advice. I mean, one thing that you, you benefit from that I did not have the benefit of when I was getting into it, I got started in 98, 1998, and I was 19 years old, just like you. I was a young young buck not you know wet behind the ears not giving a care about nothing except for i just wanted to get in the wrestling business and the one thing was we didn't have access to cell phones we had access to aol and you got on there and you messaged a promoter and you would say you know i may say to an angelo discipio hey angelo i'm interested i see you got a show coming up in new jersey here on this date i'm interested would you could you use a referee and he would normally reply back, sure can. Um, you know, would you like to have a tryout? Because normally that's how it would start as a trial. So that way they don't have to pay you. And then they get you to come up there. And then they, you know, normally are going to probably, if you're, if you're worth the shit, they're going to offer you a job or offer you an opportunity to come and work for that promotion. I mean, the one thing I'll tell you is working in the Indies sucks because you're going to only make 25, 30 bucks, maybe a handshake and a Coke or a handshake and a smile. Um, and it sucks. I mean, now, what I was going to say is where y'all benefit the, these days is y'all have access to YouTube where you could put a best of, you know, a five-minute clip of your move, move set or whatever you want and send that to the promoters versus like I did where I had to have a VHS tape that I had to mail out and not get back. I had to make 20 or 30 of them and send them out to every promoter. So what I'm what I'm trying to say is you know, you kind of got to make that sacrifice if you want to get out there. If a promoter from Virginia contacted you and said, hey, Levi, I saw you on, on YouTube. Would you be willing to come out here for 40 bucks? Yeah, you're going to take that hit. You may want to say, can you at least give me a hotel for the night or a gas voucher, whatever. But I'm just trying, you know, that's just my recommendation to you as, a, as you know, somebody getting just kind of getting started there. Well, I understand. Um, and. Let me tell you guys a little bit more about me so you can understand where I'm coming from, too. Uh, so, age 16, I figured out what independent wrestling was by some local promotions. A lot of these promotions out here, they don't have the money for a dojo or a training school. So, what they do yeah. is offer 
training seminar before the show, which back then, it's a little different now, but back then, they didn't want to smarten you up right away, too, and they would take your 40 bucks and beat you up and then make you feel a little special, maybe let you ring the bell at the show, maybe do something, just to keep coming back and giving them the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still enjoyed it. I did that until I was 18 or so. Then I moved from my parents' house. Um, I moved to Omaha, Nebraska, which is about the biggest city closest to me. Um, I'm outside of Des Moines, Iowa, but Omaha is a bigger, bigger city. And, you yeah, know, you know Iowa can't really count that well right now. <laughs> That's right. But, <laughs> you know, back in the day, we had AWA from Minnesota. Yes, sir. Italians. That was the big territory. But out in Omaha, they also had the central states. So they had yep. Harley Race and they had that influence. So moving to Omaha, I thought would be a really good uh, benefit for me. Um, there's a guy I had talked to on MySpace back in the day, wow. and he had said he was opening a training school. And, you know, he got, I told him I'd have the money. I'll, I'm moving there. I got on Craigslist and I rented a room, first room I could find. I moved to Omaha, and then the guy don't answer his phone. So there's no school. My hopes and dreams, I wasn't ready to let them die. So what I did was, was basically there was a few independents there. I started, uh, training with those guys and a few of the workers they were traveling quite a bit um the first guy that i want to give credit to for really training me there's two guys actually this was uh mad dog michelle had a training uh a gym out in omaha that's where he was from so this wow. was mad dog's academy mm-hmm. he wasn't the trainer he was already in he was in a wheelchair from an accident but it, he had his name to the place but the two the, the two guys out there their names is Brian Blade. The other one is Austin Storm, and they were um, they were doing the loops, man. So as a kid, they they took me around. We went to Texas. We were wrestling in Colorado. Um, back then, it was like NWA top of Texas before NWA is again what it is now. But right. we were making the loops, and at that age, something clicked in my head. Once the money, I, I started not being able to pay rent and. I was, you know, I was happy with uh, the hot dog and handshake for that first year on the road and getting 20 bucks, yeah. 30 bucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I said to myself, this is not going to change unless if I do something to make myself better. That's um, true. So what I did was uh, I, I went to an Air Force recruiter and I told him, I want to be stationed in Japan. Can I get signed up right away? He said, I can get you one of the bases in Japan if you want to join the Air Force. So I signed up. I did my training, moved to Japan. I was there for two years. Now, what you were saying earlier about sending out your tapes and stuff like that, first thing I did when I got to Japan, every single company in in Japan, I emailed. They didn't reply. So I met a girl that spoke English and Japanese. I made her my girlfriend. I said, babe, you need to call these guys. You need to get me me into this stuff. This is what I'm really into, whatever. So – she kind of helped me out as far as making the professional calls for me. And right. one thing led to another. And the really the only promotion that really reached out to me was Big Japan Pro Wrestling, which they're known for the death matches, which you're seeing from Japan. They were, which was influenced from like FMW, IWA Japan, those old school 90s promotions. Big oh, yeah, Japan sure. It was yeah. more of the modern day, the death match. It still is to this day. That's the bread and butter. So I go to the dojo there. 
And while serving in the Air Force, I'm training at the dojo there. Um, probably the hardest training, way harder than any of the training I had done here in America up until that point. And uh, you guys still there? It kind of froze out on me. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. It may be just the connection right now, so. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. You want me to continue or where are yeah, we yeah, at? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you were in Japan. I'm enjoying this, man. Like, <laughs> you really got me. In... <laughs> well, so I'm in the, the dojo. The first day there, the great Kajika, he's um, basically the head dude of Big Japan. He was training these guys. He's an older gentleman. He might be in his 70s now. Um he was headbutting me, shoot headbutting me, all these things. We had to do all these Hindu squats. I was embarrassed because my cardio wasn't up to them. I, I mean, I you could not – no guys that I had met up until that point from America would would be able to hang with these guys. That's how good they were. Right. Um, so anyways, I, I did my training there, and, and from there, um, you know, I started working for other promotions and – uh, I trained at some other schools uh, while I was in Japan. I, I hate, I, you know what? I really, I hate to interrupt us, but wait, hang, hang on. We got, we got somebody. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're good. Well, uh, Jeff disappeared. I think it said someone was trying to enter the conversation here, and then he kind of just came out. But maybe yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me find Jeff. <laughs> Let's find Jeff. Where did he go? Maybe he just said, "Screw this! This guy's boring. I'm out of here tonight, buddy." <laughs> Where'd you go, Jeff? Well, it's just you and me, brother. It's all right, man. Do you want me to just continue where I yeah, was? We'll make it work. Yeah. We'll always make it work. Yeah, sure. So my thing was, was at this age, man, I, I was only 19, 20 years old. I'm in Japan. Now, this company is known for death matches, which the blood and guts, the, the most gruesome. There he is. Are you there, Mike? There you go. Is he here? No, no, he's not. I, I, I had hit merge like you had told me, and it's not there. Hang on. Uh, you know what? Have him, have him uh, call you. Have him chime in to me. You got it. Hang on. Yeah, we'll, we'll get. This is, uh, this is live, folks. So this, these things happen. Yeah, that's yeah. what happens. So yeah, so Japan was a, a big influence on you, and I assume on your style as well. Well, that's exactly right. And here's where always wanting to evolve. So I'm at Big Japan. They're the deathmatch company. And, you know, at that time, man, I'm 19 years old, 20 years old, fairly good looking guy. Um, I wasn't really I wanted to do the hardcore wrestling, but I knew there's a time and place. And I, I knew that I could make more money if I would wait and do it later on. Not only that, was I had some advice from some other workers who told me at my age, at that age, being, uh, you know, early 20s, 1920, 21 in Japan, um, doing the death matches over there, 
wasn't in my best interest. And the reason was because if I started doing them, I'd probably be stuck only doing them. And I wanted to show right. what I could do as far as other wrestling goes at that point. You get labeled more or less and get kind of get pigeonholed as doing nothing but hardcore style. Exactly, which I had done a lot of later on in my career because of the money. But at that time and place, I knew it wasn't the right spot. So basically, Big Japan Wrestling, I didn't pay a dime to train there. And right. part of the trade-off was, was I think they were expecting me to do these kinds of matches and not pay me as an exchange for the uh, training. And that's when my mind said, I don't really want to be here no more doing this. So yeah. I went to freelance, which is basically independent. In, in Japan, they call it freelancer. Yeah, uh, I said, you know what? I'm, I don't want to be a big Japan guy. I want to be a freelancer, which means I can go train where I want. I can work where I want. I can, while I'm in Japan, I'm going to make the most for, of it and do as much stuff as I can. Yeah. So I decided to take that route. And from there... Um, that's when I basically had my other DVD from me being a jobber when I first was training my matches from the States and, uh, right. I he sent is. them out. Well, now there he is, ladies and gentlemen. There, there he is. Dan? But here he is, the one, the only, my, my co-host. Let me introduce the rest round table co-host, <laughs> Mike Kelleher. Hey, Mike, how you doing, brother? Good, Angela, how are you? I'm terrific. I haven't seen you in a long time. I know, it's been like three weeks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Angelo, my show, my show. Yes, sir. Um, Setting the boundaries. Setting the boundaries. Let me, let me introduce you really quick, Mike. We got Levi on tonight as a, as a guest here. He was hey, just going over his career with us. And he got started, and uh, from all indications, he was in Nebraska and uh, decided that he wanted, he was really wanting to make a – he got tired of the handshake and a hot dog deal. And <laughs> he decided to join the United States Air Force so he could get stationed in Japan so that he could learn how to wrestle over there and get them to teach him. Oh, of, yeah. all, awesome. of all ways to get over to Japan, bravo, my friend. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's just simple, man. Um, like I said, when I started training at 16, had my first match at 18, I knew right away I wasn't good. I knew I needed training. I wanted the best training. And I said, how the hell do I get to Japan? And, you know, I had uh, I had some other friends in the military at the time. And, and when I talked to the recruiter about it and told him, you know, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. He was super cool and basically... You know, they say military recruiters are liars, this and that. I had a great one. I mean, he set me up. So the whole time through basic training, dude, there's, you know, the eight weeks of bullshit, boot camp, everybody's hating life. I'm sitting there in my head thinking this is all for wrestling. This, you know, running, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, hey, this is going to get where I want to go. Already. And it's it's going to work out. So in my right. dream came true at a very young age early on in my career. That now... Did, you were saying you did the deathmatch stuff. I'm looking at your forehead, and I know it may not be that clear here on camera, but it's I don't messed really, up, man. I don't it's really see bad. too many. Uh, Might be the light, but I can show you some pictures later, man. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I've seen them on, on your, your on your uh, Facebook page. Now, okay. 
Now, one thing is, and Mike, you know, Mike's been to indie shows himself, and he's seen, you know, some of these, some of these boys you can look at and just tell that they have not had good training or even any training at all. Like they came straight from a backyard, and a promoter just said, "Here's ten bucks because I need a, a, a match." Exactly. Um. That, to me, has got to be frustrating for you as a professional who has had proper training. What would you recommend to those backyard guys who have that dream and those hopes and those aspirations, like you did, like I did, like like we all do as fans, or well, like many of them do? Here's what I guess, because I'm in that situation right now, because I've been doing this about 11 years now. Um yeah. There's guys out here, because of my location, like I said, I'm in Iowa, there's guys out here who are great guys, they have passion, but what they lack in is they they go to these shows, and, and there's a few guys, I hope they watch this, because I'll, what I'm saying here to you guys is the same thing I said to their face, there are so many good workers that are willing to help and teach and train and give advice, and if you're just so caught up in yourself that you don't take it, 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 it that's the frustrating part. For example, um, before the show, once the ring's set up, if they even help with that, which, you know, they, that's what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually around and willing to get in and try to help these guys. And there's a couple guys that I do like. And uh, I, I said, hey, man, let me show you a few things. And instead of them taking that, they they have no interest because they're already – they think they know everything. And then when they have their match, it sucks very yeah. bad. And they ask me how it was the match. I say the same thing every time. It sucked. You need training. And now I'm the asshole. Yeah. But Right. It, it, it's hard to tell a lot of these kids, you need to get proper training. I mean, the one thing I would say is, You've had training from an actual, you were over in Japan, you got trained in the dojo, you had training, you were, you were also trained at Mad Dog Vashon's school. Look into the, I mean, I would recommend this for any of the kids out there that are wanting to get started. Look into the school that you are going to get trained by and see who all maybe that they've even put out there. Even if they're a name on the indies, they may not have made it to WWE or AEW or wherever, but... If, if they're not putting anybody out, then all they're doing is just taking your money. I have a question. Go ahead. It's a, I have a question and, and a statement, Jeff, if you, don't, if you don't mind. I just want to chime in real quick. No, no, go ahead. If you're going to make the commitment to be a professional wrestler, make the commitment to your training. And that if that means moving out of state – and getting a little apartment somewhere and a job to support your training, then do it. Uh-huh. We have, you know, and you, it's well known. Jeff knows, uh, Levi, you know. Uh, I'm 10 minutes from the Monster Factory. Oh, we got kids all over the country that are flying to New Jersey every week just to get a tryout at, a, at the Monster Factory. The Monster Factory is responsible for uh, helping train a young Matt Riddle um, mm-hmm. and get Matt Riddle started and uh, or at least getting him from UFC. Let me break your neck. The wrestling. I ain't going to break your neck, but I'm a damn sure looking sense while I do it. <laughs> 
I'm so, gonna make it look like I could break your neck. There you go. So, um, exactly. I mean, what now? I, I got a quick question for you, Levi. What do you make about all these apron bumps that these kids are taking these days? You know, I think there's a time and place for everything, man. I really do. But the, the main thing is, man, is what most of these guys have lost is trying to do something that will actually register with the fans. For example, they want to do all the high spots and stuff that's like a shock value, like what will be a viral video, a cool move, rather than the crowd in front of them telling a story, working a headlock. Yep. yep. You know, the old school wrestling. That is that is so come and gone. And I mean, um, Well, go ahead. Well, with that, it's just as a wrestler or as a professional – you can't fool anybody. Once you get in the ring and the match starts, you know if the guy across from you knows what he's doing or not. Usually, as, right off the bat, as they say, you can tell by the lockup. I mean, just oh yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. case in point of what you're talking about going viral is you look at the video that went you know wrestling viral this week, and that was a kid in the mall. It looked like it was a mall, in my opinion. Who did I've the high body block from yeah, like yeah. the second floor? What? What? Why would no, you, you do that? that, that? Of, yeah. Dude, Why would you crazy. do this in front of a hundred people? Tell me. Well, here's my opinion on this. I seen the video. I mean, yeah. just as like if, if I wasn't in the wrestling and I just seen that video, that would be something you'd see like on ridiculousness or one of those YouTube like holy yeah. shit videos. I thought holy shit, you know, like anybody else. But I've never heard of that guy. I mean, nope. I've never seen the kid. Um, and you know. What it really shows is this. There's guys out there who train hard, can work hard, who can mm -hmm. actually wrestle, and they're putting in the hard time and work, and they're not yeah. going to get that exposure. And a guy can just jump off a building, and now he thinks he's famous, but it's famous for the wrong reasons, really. It's nothing based off his wrestling yeah. ability. What do you think about it, Mike, real quick? What's your take on that one, Mike? Well, on that one... I mean, number one, I haven't seen the video. I really do want to see it just to just to be caught up. But, um, you know, like the thing I was going to ask Levi was, you know, when you're get, when you go to these shows and you're getting, you know, your match lined up, you know, beforehand, you may not have even ever met the person before most of the time. Right. And then so you're basically, I guess, uh, putting your trust in the promoter who's putting the card together to give you somebody who can work with you, right? Right. And then, so what happens when, you know, you're expecting, you know, A, B, C, D level, you know, whatever it is, let's say you, you're, you, maybe you're the better wrestler, but you're expecting, you're an A and you're expecting a B or maybe a C plus, but then you get the D. Like what it's simple, man. This is really simple answer for me. And I might sound like an asshole saying it, but, um, I feel like if you're a really good worker, you can work with anybody, for one. But if I know right away that the guy, you know, I'm, if, if the guy is someone who's not trained, I'm not going to let him do shit to me. I'm not going to leave my feet for him. I'm not going to, honestly, I'll chew him up and I'll spit him out. And if he tries fighting back, I'll, 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 I'll work with him a little bit to try to tell a story. But if, if he's that bad, literally... You can see a few of my videos. I just will stomp a hole through them and then get out of there. And honestly, right or wrong, I don't know. I could probably have a better match if I was willing to work with some of these guys a little bit. But in reality, it's like I'm not going to go out there 
And uh, really, I don't respect people like that. So I'm not going to let them, you know, fuck me up and throw me around whatever they want to do. If uh, I don't even respect them as a person because they're not even taking the time to go through training. Now, there are guys out there who have gone through training and they're still maybe not be very good. Yeah. But I respect them because they put in the time and the, and the effort. And those guys, I'll, I'll be willing to do whatever I can to to make the match, make them look as good as I can. A lot of times so, I work as a heel. So okay. as a heel, I, I could just stomp them into the dirt. And then I can just tell them, you know, something very simple. Like, you know, just letting them take over with a quick move or something, you know, where I miss something and let them get their little spot in that they want to do. Because there's a respect there, but if yeah. that respect ain't there, man, at this point, no, I just I'll, I'll I'll chew them up and spit them out. And if the promoter doesn't want to book me for it, then I really don't care. Well, wow. I was just worried, you know, because that's your health, your health and livelihood is at stake when you go into the ring with the wrong person. There you go. So that's exactly. so true. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I don't think a lot of people think about that. Is, is the dance that takes place between the two wrestlers is you're literally trusting your wife with that other wrestler that they're not going to drop you on your head. And you got to hope that they, you got to hope and pray that they've had proper training. I mean, you know, know, what Levi's talking about is even, you know, it's even worse when it's a name that the promoters brought in and the promoter wants to put them in there with, you know, Mr. Greenhorn Jones, who's my champion, try to put my champion over and the champions only, you know, had two years of experience of five matches, and you're putting them in there with the name. I mean, jeez. So what were you going to say there, Levi? I saw you getting ready to fight. about the name thing, um, I don't know if you guys are real familiar with him, but Rock and Roll Buck Zumoff from AWA back in the day here. He's in prison now for things I don't really, we don't need to talk about. But before before that, um, he ran... A very carny promotion. Yeah. Yeah. All that shit, you know, about being a scumbag. He was convicted for for, um, inappropriate, I don't know if it was rape or what, for his own daughter, shit like that. A bunch of bad shit. Yeah, people can look it up. You know, but, but, you know, scumbag in that sense, to me, he treated me with respect and was the nicest guy, but people are different behind closed doors. Amen. Um, that said, he ran a promotion, and it was a very carny promotion, basically midget wrestling, and he would do midgets, he'd have some women, and himself as a name, and then it was like me as a normal guy, and there was usually some couple other guys, and they were fun shows because it was like very small towns in the in the Midwest, um, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, so a lot of shows, this is how he was making his living off of. But I learned a lot off those shows because we're working a different crowd every night. Yep. And it's small towns where these people, they're not the smart wrestling fans. You don't have to go out and kill yourself. And um, just like me, when I first started wrestling with him, uh, I'd just gotten back from Japan. So my style was like, like I'm going to kill you, almost like a mixed martial arts style. Mm-hmm. And, but now I'm doing old school. And the first time I wrestled him, I was nervous. I, 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 I was, like, not shooting on him, but, like, he was 62 years old at this point. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's an entertainer, right? He great, was great at his gimmick, but I'm, like, was in, like, early, young, healthy age of a real wrestler. Right. And 
I go to I go to um, do like a single leg takedown, you know, an amateur move, and I go to crank on his leg as it work, but he says, Jesus Christ, boy, I don't bend that way no more. And he says it so loud the whole crowd can hear it. I'm thinking, he's fucking pissed at me. Uh-huh. And, you know, he was pissed. The match was the shits, and uh, his finisher was like a Vader bomb type of gimmick. And All right. I, for some reason, I, I fucking moved. I just rolled out of the way because I thought it would be funny and it would make the match better. I wasn't ready to go home. And that pissed him off. So I'm like, this guy's never going to book me again. And he did, though. And um, the, the funny thing is, though, man, is that match sucked so bad. And when we had our rematch about a year later, it was one of the greatest um, matches I'd ever had. He, he Because he had the trust in me at that point. And I knew how to work his style. And I knew how to listen and relax. So right. that's the point I'm trying to get at is a lot of these young guys, they don't have that experience from hitting these towns. So they don't know how to relax. They don't know how to listen. They don't know how to just go with the flow. And they don't know how to work different types of guys. like the old that, That's schools. what I was kind of getting at the, at the beginning of our conversation when I was you know, talking about putting, you know, well, back in my day, it was putting your tapes out there, but giving your YouTube link and taking the bookings in those towns, you know, you may not know that promoter, but go ahead and just take it just because it's going to give you that experience and give you that work and give you that chance to get, you know, different people under your belt. I mean, you may get in the ring with, not you, but a, a younger wrestler may get in there with somebody who's been in the business for 10 years that can actually teach them a thing or two or, you know, you never know what you're going to learn. You're always learning. If you're not learning, then you need to get the heck out of the business. So, I mean, that that's just, and, and the only way to get better is to have multiple matches and more and more to get more and more experience. Yeah, now, more matches with more people in front of different crowds. I mean, there you go. Now, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to, Levi, I'm going to go ahead and keep you here, but we're going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and just take on some of our Big news subjects of the week. How about that? Awesome. All right. Now, go ahead, uh, real quick. Uh, you know, you know, Mike. By the way, congratulations on your show, Mike. That you've had. You've had three episodes, or is it four? Four. Four. Okay. And uh, very, very, very well done. By the way. Um, Great show. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Legacy it, list with Matt Paxson. I'm gonna ask. Angelo, do you have any quick questions for Mike? I do. Mike, real quick, what do you think of uh, uh, of wrestlers going into business for themselves? Is there is there ever a, a, a time and place that a wrestler needs to go into business for himself in a match? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is. Like, give me an example. Like, I, I think I know. Okay, going into business for yourself is do, is more or less you you you. You decide, hey, I'm not gonna do that. Do it this way. We're gonna go this way. You know, I don't want to take. I'm not laying. I'm not gonna. I'm not getting pinned tonight. You are. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, flip, flipping the script. Flipping the script. Shooting. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, <laughs> I heard. Um, oh, geez, there was somebody I just heard a story about. The, the match was a few years ago, but they they flipped it in the ring. And it made a huge story arc change and put that person over. Um, it was one of the ladies uh, in WWE. Um, I think it was Becky Lynch. It could have been. It was, was it the Becky, Becky Ronda thing, Jeff? Huh? Jeff, was it the Becky Ronda thing? 
No, it was the Becky Lynch. It was when yeah, when Becky was trying to get up with Ronda, and then Becky got glommed in the face by uh, Nia Jax, which led to her getting her nose busted. Which, I mean, everything right. kind of yeah. turned at that point. I mean, that's really what gave Becky her kickoff into WrestleMania, and you know, yeah. Ronda and all that. You know, because yeah. had Becky had I remember that. that. Because had it been, Becky was supposed to have just faced Ronda in a, you know, Raw versus SmackDown, women champion versus women champion. Yeah. And that would have been it. And and they were already, you know, work shooting on each other on Twitter to where the fans were starting to really get behind it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, uh, Becky gets glommed to the face, broken nose, uh, and concussed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That went to well, I got news for you, brother. I've been in the business 48 years, and I bought into it. You ain't the only one. I mean, <laughs> you know, so the, the, one, the one thing I was going to say, you know, this week we're talking about women. The Rock's daughter just oh. got signed to the NXT PC. I want to get your take on that one uh, from – actually, I'll go with all, all three of you um, – but what is your take real quick there, uh, Levi? I mean, how would you like to be fourth generation, well, your dad the deal, man. larger than life? That's exactly right, man. We're talking about The Rock here. We're not talking about, you know, some mid-carter that was a, a good wrestler. We're talking about The freaking Rock. So can she wrestle? Can she not? That'll be determined. I don't know anything about her, to be honest, but Nobody it's The does. Rock's daughter. She's from... A, the, the family, not just The Rock, but the family that comes from, she's in the right place with some great trainers, so she's in the best spot. So as a father, you know, he's got to be proud to know that she's there and she's going to be getting set up right for success. Will she pan out or not? Well, there's been other wrestlers who have had kids who have, and there's been some that haven't. So yeah. time will tell with that one. That's my view on that. Hey, you go ahead, Mike. Oh, well, when when he was saying it, it um you know, is she going to be great or not? I mean, it doesn't matter. Like The Rock says, you know, what's your name? It doesn't matter. Uh, I look at this and I think it's pretty freaking amazing that she's going to give this a go. Um, and no matter what, you know, the, you know, the thing I thought about first when I heard this, The Rock is going to come back and he's going to do some spots on TV for this. And exactly, Levi. And I'll tell you what, this this would be really cool if daughter screwed over dad and uh, gave him a low blow in a in a mixed tag match or something like that. And, I mean, Mikey's already writing storylines. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I love it, Mike. I love it. I mean, it writes itself, really. Now, now, Angelo, what's your take on it, brother? I think WWE needs to hire Mike Geller. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. No, I'll tell you what. Seriously, I don't see how she can fail, but I will tell you the enormous pressure on that young lady has got to be like a weight that no one else wants to bear. I, 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 made, I, made, I made the joke that she better have a, a script of volume on standby when she gets started. Um, well, think about it, Jeff. She comes from... The uh, think think about the families, the three families that she's related to. I mean, the Maivias, yep. the Yanawais, and the Johnsons. You know, you know, and, 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 
How can she fail? Like Lehi said, her training, her trainers down there are going to be good. I mean, she's already surrounded by family. You got the Usos. You got oh, Naomi who can help her out. You got uh, you get you got Nia. You got Tamina who is family by blood. Yeah. Um, you know, you you got she's surrounded by everybody that she needs. And honestly, if I were her. I would get a hold of Charlotte Flair and say, can I go on the road with you for three months for you to tell me what it's like to have that famous dad and teach me, train me or teach me how to not fall Good under call. that pressure. Good call. Call. That okay. said, too, that ahead, said, too, man, it's like, um, like you said, the common people, the non-wrestling fans, people who don't pay attention to this shit. Um, they know who The Rock is. They know who Dr- The Rock Johnson is. If I told my my uh, my cousin who doesn't watch it, I said, hey, did you know The Rock's daughter is on WWE now? Oh, no. No, no. no. Well, yeah, check it out. Okay, well, people are going to check it out. Yeah. Because no. The Rock is one of those guys that, I mean, one of the best oh, of all right. time. So, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I when, when I read that, I, I was just like, holy shit. I mean, like... Uh, you know, I thought it was huge. Now, here, here's something. Um, Jeff, I, I have a question for you, Jeff, real quick. Go ahead. Um, since since you are the the guru here, uh, and then maybe uh, you know what? All three of you, if you want, you can chime in on this. Does being the Rock's daughter help her or hinder her? Are there people on the card on the roster? Even at the NXT level, Jeff, that may resent her. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. For who her is. No doubt in my mind that she is going to come under the same scrutiny that Charlotte Flair has, as far as you're only getting because of who your dad is. You're only here because of who your dad is. You're you're only getting the push because of who your dad is. You only got the title because of who your dad is. I think that is going to be the pressure that she comes under and that she's got to rise above. If she can rise above that pressure and look at them and basically go, you, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm my own person. I'm not The Rock. I am Simone Johnson. She's going to, she's going to be golden. I mean, you look at Charlotte. Once Charlotte came into her own when she got on the main roster, it took her about a year. But once she did, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that girl like really just trailblazed. What do you think, Levi? Do you think it's going to be hard on her to be the rock's daughter? Do you think she's going to have that pressure? You know, I'm not real familiar with the system down there. So yeah. I think that like, as far as like the, the trainers, the, the staff, the people behind the scenes, they're going to be open arms loving to her. So mm-hmm. the, now the other wrestlers... The other, especially women, we know how women can be. Oh yeah, uh, you know I I feel like they're gonna, you know they might if they don't like her, they might be jealous. It might be simple minded jealousies they might have towards her. There's gonna be pressure on her, no doubt, 100. percent That and, and and the fans are gonna put a lot of pressure on her too. Like Angela was saying, you know, people are gonna want to. They're gonna the people who don't get it, they're gonna expect her to like in a week from now be the champion, and they're gonna yep. expect her to be this yeah. or that. This. The people who don't get it, the smart they're people gonna, will understand. They're going to be looking at her to have her dad's charisma, and that that man's charisma was once in a lifetime, I think, as far as on the wrestling level. 
I, I don't think it can be matched. Mike, what do you think? Do you think how big do you think the pressure is going to be on her? I think it's good, but you know what? She's been living with one of the biggest celebrities on the planet her whole Very life. True. So this isn't anything new. I think yeah, that's true. I think if anything, it's going to help her. And I think, um, yeah, she is going to get like you know they're going to treat her with kid gloves down at the training center, the performance center. That's fine. And you know, Levi, I, I want to take one one uh, exception with what you said about um, you know uh, jealousy. It doesn't matter, men or women. If you're a wrestler and you see somebody else getting a push, you're going to be jealous. I mean, there's, I, I think. Absolutely, jealousy is not not uh, not uh, confined to to one group or another. But I, I think she is going to have to deal with some of that. And um, I honestly think I think she is going. I mean, I've seen her dad do the movies, the interviews, everything. Her, his some of his career, I'm sure. And so um, I think she's going to kill it. I think she, if she wants to do this, and she really is going to do this. For, you know, for herself, for the right reasons, because this is the career she wants to have. Sky's the limit. That's the main thing. Yeah. If she, if she wants to do this so she can get into movies, yeah. eh, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Now, now here, here, here's a... I don't know if any of y'all watched the XFL over the weekend. I did. I, you know, I, 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 I mean, now... I don't know if you're, if, you know, here's the, I personally, I enjoyed it. Um, the NFL network is, is talking about it. They enjoyed it. They're putting it over. Uh, ESPN's even putting it over hard. And it's not just a, because of affiliations. It's, they actually are enjoying what they are watching. It's the one thing that they did right. They have no connection to wrestling at all. Like, thank God. No, there was yeah. no mention of Vince. There was no mention of WWE. The only thing that they used was a gong. The Undertaker's gong. That was it. <laughs> really? That was it. Hey, and that was like for a touchdown or a coming out of the, you know, out of the you know, tunnel type deal. I mean, it was nothing, you know, so, I, I mean, what, what what do you take? What, what do you think and feel about that one there, um, Levi? I mean, what do you think? Do you think that they got XFL? Do you think they got a chance or... You see them uh, flopping once again. This is a tough question, man, because I haven't really followed the XFL. You know, um, I'm where I'm at in Iowa, man. Dude, most people up here, we don't have any pro sports. Right. So everybody loves the Chiefs. And if, if not before, now they're on the Chiefs bandwagon because Kansas City is the closest uh, city that has an NFL team. So like my dad, for example. He's a diehard uh, football fan. I asked him, are you going to watch XFL, this or that? I feel like they just blew their load because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and they're ready for the offseason. That's just my opinion, but I'm in the Midwest, man, and everybody's different. And I think that people who like football, they might give it a shot. And I think it being on – it's on Fox, right? It's on Fox uh, and ESPN. Okay, so they're getting the right network. So – that, that's all good. Uh, so, I think it could go either way, really. But it'll have to. We'll have to wait and see, man. Like casual people, I don't think maybe or if you don't know the players, you might not want to watch the sport. So right, I don't so really I, know who they got for talent or this or that. Uh, well, but who they're? I'm not the best to comment on that. 
Well, who they're using are a lot of um, some former NFL players who actually did have playing time, or uh, college football guys who didn't get who didn't sure. get picked up, or even um, players who may have had a few years who got injured. Who you know, they're uh, it, it's, it's a good mix of guys, and the benefit to it is because they're not quite pro like NFL. They're they're going to make their mistakes and. It's kind of it's fun to watch. It's a mix between like college and pro, in my opinion. Now, Mike, did you watch any of it? And and what's your take? I saw the highlights of the inaugural game, which was okay. Washington and Seattle, yeah. like DC and Seattle. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it, it looked okay. I'm not a football fan. I'll, I'll just be upfront. But the thing I think they did, which was pretty smart, was. They're not competing against the NFL. They're not competing against college football. This fills in that gap for those guys that, and and guys and girls that are just football diehard. You know, they're soccer diehards. They don't care who they're watching. They just Mm -hmm. want to play the game. And so, um, football, same way. I I think this fills in some of that that silly season period or the the gap between uh, the end of the Super Bowl and spring, spring training. Yep. What about you, Angela? Well, I think it was a brilliant move of the XFL to begin their season at the end of the regular season. Yep. Because as Mike pointed out, they literally have no competition. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to benefit not only the league, but it's going to help, in my opinion, for whatever that's worth, I think it's going to help establish new football stars. Yep. I think that the, the I think and, and if Vince if Vince's dream is realized the NFL is going to use the XFL as kind of a farm league to pull and I've heard, Yeah, you know what, Jeff? I've actually heard that comparison being made and I think it's brilliant. What do you think about that? You I mean you follow football better, you know, more than I do. Uh, I think I think if they're going to use it as a feeder in addition to like college football, I think it's awesome. I mean, is giving guys more opportunity again, just like in wrestling, it's an opportunity to make more money, more players, more people can make more money and enjoy. It. I mean, as one player said, he knew that he would never make it to the NFL, but thank you, Vince, for giving me a chance to live my dream and be out there on a real on a field playing on yeah. national TV in front of my mom. Sure, you know that. I, I thought that was you, you. You could not state that any better. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Do you think you'll see college players leaving college to go to the XFL? Good question. I could, I could for the right amount of money. Oh, yeah. What's the money? I don't know what these guys are making. I had no um, clue. I mean, I mean I, a full ride, you know, you got your ride to school versus, you know, they're, they're not paying but so much for these guys. No, but I could see if they wanted to get that one player, I could see them coughing up a few million a year. I'd okay. say stay in school. I, 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 <laughs> I was the college like quarterback from like Memphis, Tennessee, or some school, and you know you're not going to go to the NFL. Um, you might want to just get your degree and then go to the XFL or, or arena or something else. I don't know, but there you go. You know, there's going to be guys out there who don't think that way, and they'll probably take whatever offer they can get. And if they're really good, if the money's right, then, I, you know, I don't have a problem with what people do, honestly. That's well, their choice. Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just checked something out online here. 
Yeah. Yeah. The breakdown for XFL salaried players is $55,000 a year. Okay. They ain't chump change. They ain't what the NFL's paying, but they ain't, I mean, you can live on it. If you got a degree, though, you could you could probably make sixty k, uh, you know, long after your career is over. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the coaches, the breakdown of the head coach salaries, average five hundred thousand a year. Oh shit! <laughs> and I'm looking at that. The source I'm using is ESPN Sports. Dot com. Well, there you go. Well, and, and I wonder, Angelo, there's probably incentives built on. Oh, top yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt, Mike. Absolutely. So 55. And then if they're a good player, maybe they can bump that up significantly. Or they probably have, a, you know, like Jeff, you know how it works in the NFL. They have a base salary and then they have a bonus structure. I'm sure. And I'm sure that some of their bonuses will be. Even if, you know, if you can get a t-shirt deal for your, you know, your team or whatever, because of how good yeah. you get, you never know. And, I mean, and, and not to mention the signing bonuses. Okay. Yep. Sure. So now right. we're, we're going to go with, uh, here, here's another interesting story that is um, developing, I guess you would say, is the Matt Hardy, is his contract up? Is it not? Where Where is he going? Is he going to go to AEW? Is he, you know, what's going on? Last night, you know, Paul Heyman being the genius that he is as far as being a booker and a writer, he has he has Matt Hardy come out during Randy Orton's segment talking about Edge because of the history between Edge and Matt. And Matt even made the comment of, you know, me and Edge, we got a very big history, and the crowd even started chanting, lead up, lead up, which was kind of funny. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, what what do you think there? I mean, do you guys see him going? Do you see him staying? Uh, do you see him going to AEW? What do you think there, uh, Levi? I mean, we all know that Matt is a worker, and he loves to work the Internet. Well, yeah, that's what you just said is key, because I'd, I'd read something online today about this where – he said, like, a, and I don't know, you might have to confirm it. It's just what I read. Something about him tweeting out goodbye or something like that, which was teasing at maybe leaving WWE. Then apparently there's an AEW um, gimmick where they have the mask or something. And yeah, the Dark, the dark world order. order. And apparently they said, your goodbyes are hello, is what they tweeted. So there was, like, a tease that he could be. However, he yeah. could be working it. And he, he's friends with everybody in both promotions. Oh, so sure. Who, I, I, who knows? You, you know, the, the, well, real quick on what you're even ta talking about. The, the thing is right now when you have both promotions and you got workers that are friends with everybody in, in both promotions, Twitter's the one thing that neither company has control of on these guys. And they can go out there and they can teach and they know how to work the Internet to oh, get, yeah. get that buzz going for their buddy. Unless so, before... Before Mike chimes in here, I, I want to say, what what's really left in WWE for Matt Hardy? Do they have? I mean, with the talent they've got and the young guys, where do they have it? Where do they have him in the fold? Maybe these are the things he's thinking about that could sway his decision on jumping over. Maybe not. I don't know. 
personally, I, I actually think that they may be getting ready to dump him off the TV for a couple of months and bring him back with Bray. Yeah, I don't know. Because That's an interesting take. They've been having him, you know, like during his YouTube video promos, he's been like on a phone and he goes, is he there with you? And things like that. Like, because the fiend yeah. is like Bray's, yeah. you know, he'll say he's here and, and think, anyway. So yeah. what about you, Mike? What do you think about Matt Hardy? Do you think he's going to stay, go, should he, whatever? Dude, I'll tell you what, man. I need to see him retire. I, I, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like the guy, he can, like, you watch how he walks and runs and takes yes. and stuff. Like, he's shot. I want him to be happy long after he steps out of the ring and healthy. And I think he's already beyond that point to a certain degree. But, um, I really, like, I love the delete, delete, delete and the, you know, that whole, era of Matt Hardy was great. Um, it, you know, I, I just have a really hard time cheering, cheering for him and, you know, all the fans wanting him to come back when, when he's just hurting himself more and more and just putting more miles on his body that yeah. uh, he shouldn't. So I hope he doesn't go anywhere. I hope he goes home, just makes videos and, and has fun and maybe even manager. How about a manager? That, or maybe, that, yeah, or, or even a behind-the-scenes agent like, uh, you know, Shane. No, you're saying no, Mike, no agent? Yeah. <laughs> huh? no, I'm cool with anything that doesn't have him taking bumps and getting hurt in the ring. Because right, all he right. wants to see him do is a ladder match or something stupid. Exactly. And he's so far beyond that. And so I, I just, for his sake and his family's sake, I want him to uh, exit now. <laughs> well, good take there, Mike. Now, to quote Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire, show, show me the money. Hey, yeah, that's what it's all about, right there. That's what that's what it's going to come down to. If they offer him Jeff, and I, and, you know, I like your opinion on this since it's your show. Um, <laughs> it, shut up, Mike. <laughs> it is. This is this is Jeff. He, he fell off his chair. Look. <laughs> The, the the whole idea. I think I think Mike is absolutely right. Uh, Matt's body is broken down. It is. Um, but I think if they show him enough money, uh, he, he could easily be persuaded to either work as a, a an agent, yep. a producer, yep. uh, uh, in you know in some kind of office capacity. He's got the, the he's got the structure for it. He's got the head for it. I, I think that he would be great to actually come off of the, you know, come off from being a wrestler and be part of the, I mean, if anything, you would, I would use him just to help write storylines. I mean, the man's got a fucking mind for it. I mean, he's proven that with the delete, you know, the whole broken Matt character got over yeah. impact wrestling when nobody was paying attention to impact. I mean, he made yeah. people actually watch. So true. That impact doing impact was great for Matt Hardy at that point in his, his career really, because it was a place where he could go away and pretty much be his creative self and develop something and then come back and cash in on it. I mean, but, but now you can't do that. I mean, he, I mean, I don't want to say he can't do something like that again, but AEW, if he goes, man, all I see is like a one-off thing. Maybe like they try to build a dream match and that's it. But I can't like Mike saying. It's not going to be a 
key player for a promotion where he's going to be getting his body killed in these matches every week. I think he's thinking of using him as a key player. They are building a house on a terrible foundation. Uh, yeah. Unless, unless Jeff comes back and get, which, oh. if Jeff, hang on, Mike. If Jeff comes back and Jeff wants out of his contract too, and then they go over to AEW and you get the dream matches of them and the Young Bucks and them and the Lucha uh, brothers and then whatever you give everybody those one offs and then they're done maybe but I don't I don't think it would be a good idea either I really don't I mean Matt Matt is if, you know what Jeff Jeff you just and I hope that God somebody was listening to that because if if that scenario works out that's the perfect out for both of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it really is. You you give you kind of give them a dream match tour, and then adios, me amigos, and then fade off into the sunset. Um, get behind the uh, curtain. Now, okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna go with something here. The next uh, one I want to get a, your take on, and, and I, uh, me and Levi did talk about it briefly, but I'm gonna go ahead and mention it to you, Mike, too. What is your take on Shayna Baszler now looking like she's on the main roster, getting ready to feud with Becky Lynch, going to lead into Mania? And it looked like she took a chunk of her neck out. I mean, she, you know, comes up, bloody mouth, and, you know, you're talking about a Fed that has been anti-blood for the last 10 years. And now all of a sudden we're going to be biting people's, you know, chunks of their flesh. I mean, what, 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 you know, whether or not the blood was real or not doesn't matter to me. It's are they going to implement it back to even if the guys are allowed to gig and whatever? What do you think? Do you think it's pushing it? I mean, like really quick, to, you know, pushing that gas pedal? Or what do you think there, uh, Levi? I think, dude, it, there's a time and place for everything. I do like blood, like the old school when it's done right. But yeah, for me, like this thing with the chicks, I feel like the fans seen it and they laughed, and it wasn't like uh, it wasn't it wasn't Wahoo McDaniel and uh, Ric Flair just. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was just like she comes up and like, <laughs> what the fuck, you know? Like, is she bite, bite her? I don't know. You know, well, I I have a question for you, ref. Yeah, why is that? Levi brought up a really really good point just now. What they take the blood much more seriously with the guys than they do with the women. Why is that? And why do they laugh? It's like it's almost like a comedy bit. I, I, no, I, think, I think the fans laughed at it this time because of the way that the gifts that came out and the memes that came out with Baszler with that mouth of blood looking like a vampire, vampiress or whatever you want to call her. Well, and yeah, and that, that's I why I asked you before we went on the air, I said, what, what's the deal with the vampire gimmick? Yeah. Because I, I, I thought they were going there. I didn't know what was... I think that's the fans going there, and they are assuming that's where Paul Heyman's going. But if you know Paul Heyman, that isn't where he's going. Mm. He just did that for shock and all of, you don't see a female ever do that. You could see a man doing that to another man. You don't see a female doing that to another female. And, right. and not to mention, you did have Becky Lynch. They get in on her. They had the cameras to where they were, you know, mic'd up to where they could hear her. And she's going, that bitch bit me. That bitch bit me. That bitch bit me over and over again to reiterate how bad it was, you know. And she's sitting there thriving around and holding her neck. And and now, to WWE and Becky Lynch's credit, today, 
She's out doing press coverage with her neck bandaged up to keep yeah, the right. gimmick well, real. Well, you know what? I, I, if, and, and, Mike, you chime in right after me, Mikey. Yeah. Um, I think they did it well, Jeff, and here's why I say that. For the first time, they did not infuse a sexual element to it. Yep. Yep. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Well, here's here's my take. I saw this, and uh, I didn't see all of Raw last night, but I did see this, and that was insane, okay? Uh, but part of me was like, number one, why is it on the back of her neck? Like, I, I can understand to a point why it was on the back of the neck, but no this is going to be, like, your neck to a wrestler, how many holds and how many moves disrupt or manipulate your neck? Everything. So if if a true chunk was you know munched off of her neck, she's probably you know we're talking about skin grafts, we're talking about stitches, <laughs> we're talking about all kinds of things in real life, not in wrestling life. But I'm just saying. So she's got a bandage now. But how long is she going to have to sell this before she can come back and be you know like she can't come back next week and somebody accidentally rips off the bandage and you know they see that it's all just a work. I well, I think that they'll be careful to make sure that whenever they do it, they're going to make it to where they if they rip it off, that there's something there to where it looks like, like it's one thing if you if you pretend to break somebody's hand or arm and you put a cast on it. No, you're, you're right. No, you're right. It'll be interesting to see how they how they take it, you know, and where they go with it here in the next, you know, where this storyline takes us down that that rabbit hole, as I like to say. Where are we going to go with it? I mean, I I, I think it's going to yeah. be thing the female mike tyson thing is just it's a weird angle i'm curious to see where it goes yeah, yeah. Mike tyson, i like how you put that mike that's a good one <laughs> yeah, now, uh, uh what, what is uh, mike do you have any news stories that you 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 saw this week that you would like to absolutely so um one of the big ones that i saw i mean it wasn't like big for everybody because it wasn't dealing with um, any wrestler in particular, but Amazon is supposedly trying to get the streaming rights to yes. WWE programming. And then there was, you know, sort of like this follow-up uh, comment about then that would open the door for Amazon to buy WWE. And I think that's just total BS. Other, I think see them selling some of the streaming rights, but um, you know, what do you, what do you, have you guys heard this yet? I've heard about I it. have. Um, there, there are some legs to it. Uh, Amazon made a play for WWE about seven years ago. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you, if you remember that. Now, Jeff, I know you remember that. I do. Um, they made a play about seven years ago. Certainly, Amazon has the money. Certainly, they have the means and the resources to make it happen. I just, in my opinion, and Jeff, I mean, this is your call on this, but in my opinion, I don't think that WWE needs to sell that badly to anybody right now. I think they're still in good financial shape. What's yeah. the status of the company now? Oh, they're, they're, they're fine. They're fine financially. I mean, they did take a hit this last you know, quarter. Everybody knows about it. That's why we had two presidents that got fired within a matter of a day. Um, but hey, 
you know what? Fire me for a $15 million, $15 million severance package. Fire me for a $12 million severance package. Fire me all day long. I will get yeah. fired. I will stand in line, tell you to kick me in the ass on my way out the door for 15 or $12 million. I'm sorry. Fire me. Fire me. Fire me. I'm already fired. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, does so, Vince actually does Vince make them come in and go you're fired I, I can actually see him doing that I, actually I think he says kiss my ass kiss my ass <laughs> watch it it's gonna do tricks hey, here he, oh, oh here it goes now you know what you're fired that was good you're fired. you did really well you, really, you did that really well and then all of a sudden, the ghost of Dusty goes, listen here, baby, y'all got nothing to worry about. All you got to do is call my boy Cody up, and he will give you a job over there at AEW. <laughs> <laughs> and living color if you will. Now you understand what I'm talking about. Now you see, we're going here, we're going there, we're going everywhere. But they're going to be on the edge of a lightning bolt. Levi, okay. I, wanted, I want you to know something, Levi. <laughs> Jeff did that Dusty impression for Baby Doll to her face. And I popped the shit out of it. That's huge. By the way, she's coming back on the show. Yeah, let me tell you, Levi, you're over there in the state of Iowa, you know. If you ever decide that you want to come over here to Virginia, there's a promotion called Vanguard Championship Wrestling. Yeah, that would love to see you bring your violence. All right, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, go ahead. (laughs) Um, I just I, the thing I thought about with that whole article was yeah okay they they get some of the streaming rights that that helps WWE reach more people because mm-hmm. people have Amazon Prime and they get the video and all that stuff. A couple of things popped into my head. Number one, I never expect to see WWE being sold, and that's nope. because you think about this is Vince's baby from his dad. This is. All right, and then you take Vince out. Then you've got Stephanie and Shane, and then oh, by the way, Triple H. Like those guys, yeah. they will they will never sell this thing. It's and never so, going to happen. It will never well, be was, sold. I said that before. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the day that they sell will be the day that Vince McMahon gets put six feet into the ground, and then even then he's going to come back fighting to keep the company around. Well, uh, yeah. Get an they, earn, raise him up. They. I just, I, I don't ever, I don't see, I mean, Amazon may get streaming rights. They may even get, they may even get WrestleMania this year. I could see Amazon Prime yep. making a, a bid for that. I really could. Yeah. I mean, that, you you think about this. You put, you put WrestleMania on Amazon Prime and you charge everybody sixty nine ninety nine. Holy shit. Now you're making money. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. What, what do you think, it, Levi? the well, it used to be nine ninety nine. Now it's ten ninety nine for a WWE network. So right. that's I a whole other side of the argument. You know, I think too. Um, okay, we asked ourselves why would WWE even want to sell, but the big question is, is why would Amazon really want to buy the WWE? Other than this, the, I get what Mike's saying. That that's really the proprietary value in the streaming is really the only. Thing about them that they could see where they're going to make a profit. Otherwise, I mean, Amazon's probably what like that's a huge company. Um, if you had that money and you're like behind that and you wanted to invest your money, I would think there'd be something else you'd want to invest in rather than WWE. Unless well, if there's uh, streaming, oh, can I, can I buy the whole company? 
buying the whole company and not knowing anything about wrestling and trying to make a they have how many shows each week, you know, making that all run smooth. I don't see that happening. Yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna say there, uh, Ed? Okay. There's only two reasons why Amazon would buy WWE. The streaming rights, and even if they knew nothing about wrestling, there's one thing WWE has that Amazon would benefit from greatly. The video library. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that too. The content. Yeah. That's it. Here's my question to... Mike and Levi, I already know your answer, Angela. You ain't even got to chime in on this one because I already know what you'd say. But oh, you shut up, wrestling, us as wrestling fans who have probably, I don't know if you still watch it, Levi, you know, like the WrestleMania. WrestleMania is a staple for me. It always has been, always will be. Would you be willing to, to sink $70 to an Amazon Prime if all of a sudden that's where it was? Me, no. You see fans doing it. No, because, you know, I could, dig- I mean... You can almost watch stuff for free anywhere if you really want to. I, I, I don't think that's the way to go in this day and age, but maybe that's their play. Maybe there's another play, like buying so much of the shares to where they're the pro, they're the main owner, but they let they, they let these uh, McMahons and Triple H just still run the company, but oh, they were making more money off of it. Something like that, maybe. But I, I think it has to come down with the content more than anything, which right. isn't a bad thing for fans as long as uh, – the prices aren't like outrageous. If you're a fan, you're gonna more than likely watch it. I, I mean, proof positive, fans will pay anything for wrestling fans. Depending on how high your fandom goes, you're willing to pay for anything. And I, I, I mean, you know, I, you know, even if it's going to a wrestling show and you're willing to plunk down five hundred dollars by the end of the day because you got an autographs and pictures and everything that you got to do. I mean, it. it you know, to some fans, it's worth it. Other ones are going, what the hell? Why would you spend 500 bucks to go meet a bunch of guys that, you know, to me, if I have 500 to spend, it would be worth it. To Angelo, who has 500, who may not, who is looking at it going, you could do a lot more with 500 bucks than uh, going to a restaurant. Yeah, well, Jeff, I mean, think about something. They'll spend $500 buying a replica belt. That's there you go. That's my point. I mean, like, wait, are you talking belt. about the indie workers? The indie workers or the fans here? Uh, uh, well, I think indie workers are fans. <laughs> With the belts is what I'm getting. Exactly. Oh, I got you on that one, Mike. Is there any other news stories that you you saw out there this week? Um, let's see. <laughs> let's see. I had some notes. I'm just looking yeah. here. Um, you know, I, I really kind of combined. You know, I. I I was kind of shocked. I didn't realize that the WWE network was going up in price and I saw my bill come in the other day and, um, you know, I really only watched the network for the pay-per-views. And so it's a, it's still a really good value, but, um, you know, they're, they're struggling, I think on the network and trying to figure out whether it's going to be something that lasts for another year or two or something that's going to be around for a lot longer. And, um, I, I started doing some digging today on what caused the the price change, and um, it looks like they're going to change up some of the content and some of the the, the shows and everything. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out, but um, you know, that's that's where I'm at on news this week. I, I'd love to chime in on what you guys thought. Well, the price the price of the network went up. I can tell you that because subscribership. 
Well, the price went up because subscribership went down. But not by much. It was enough to make the price go up. No, no, no. What Mikey's saying, what Mike's saying is correct. They they did add new content to it. They did add, and they have been saying that they're going to add more content, more old school content for us old school fans like me and Levi and Mike and Angelo. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, I'm all for it. I mean, you know, the, the problem is, and I think, a lot of fans, that uh, uh, those of us that want to see that old school stuff in their library, is we don't think about the hours that they got to put in to get those old tapes ready to be put out there on a streaming site. I mean, yeah, you got to think for a one-hour program from 1985 where everybody came out with music, you got to scrub that music and put something else over it. If That's a big expense, ref. If you got... You know, if you got uh, uh, them, you know, somebody may be saying a, a comment. You got to make sure that certain comments don't get across. You know, there's all kinds of crap now that they got to be careful of that they didn't maybe even when they first started the network that they didn't need to worry about. But I mean, even if they're even if they're they're still over two million and something subscribers. That's what they they they're at. That's what they've always maintained. Two million. It's over. It's like a little over two million, or it was. Maybe I'm wrong. That's what I'll I got find you. out right now. <laughs> They're bringing in, you know, about 2.1, 2.2 million dollars. I mean, excuse me, 20.1 or 20.2 million dollars every month. Wow. Which, for, which, which you look at it, and you're like, okay, what can that get me? Right. But right. I will say this: like the streaming has gotten a lot better from when they started. So yes. Uh, you know, they, they did make a lot of improvements there. Go ahead, Angela. 1.1 million subscribers. Oof. Wow. According wow. to according to Forbes. And when was that when was that listed, Angela? The date is July twenty fifth, nineteen. So that was last year, nine two thousand. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, be pretty some, accurate. Summer of last year, Jeff. Yeah, that's pretty accurate then. Um yeah. Down, it says down 8.4%. Wow. I, I, okay, here, here was a big one that came, or something that came out, and I just read it actually, a news story too. They've announced WrestleMania is going to be in LA next year, Hollywood, as they're calling it. And Roman Reigns has teased a match with The Rock. What do you think, Levi? What do you think, Mike? Go ahead, Levi. Well, I mean, <laughs> like Hollywood, I mean, why not? not I guess they can they can make a theme out of it. It's a good someone like me from the Midwest. Um, I'm personally not going to go, but it would be a fun vacation. Who's someone right. who's never been to Hollywood to go check out all that while you see wrestling? Yeah, I think a place like Vegas or Hollywood or anywhere where people who are from states like me would like <laughs> to go check out. I mean that that's a that's a win. I mean. Well, what about opinion, what, do you, what do you think about Roman Reigns and The Rock as a possibility for a match? Oh, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm not going to say I don't know. I'm not writing it. They know better than me on that. So, The Rock, you're solid if you got The Rock. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. After after his daughter deals the low blow and turns on him. And <laughs> 
goes to WrestleMania to face Roman Reigns. You know, I, I do what. And then Hollywood Hulk Hogan is going to come out and bash everybody oh. with hair. There we so, go. That's what's going to happen. I mean, I'm writing this for you guys. Hollywood, baby. They I really need to hire you. I love it, Mike. Now, I'm going to go ahead and, and say we're going to wrap up the news for this week. That is our news segment of for the Rust Round Table. And uh, we have had the pleasure of having Angela, Mike, and Levi, and me, myself, Jeff Thruff, and our takes on some of the hot news subjects from this past week that we've had coming out. Now, Mike. Yes. I don't know how many, this is a brand new show, and if people, you know, there were quite a few, actually, listeners that listened to our show where you were on, uh, me and, and Angelo's um, Wrestling With The Future podcast. Yes. I, I'm going to, I will let the fans really, uh, you know, listeners know, me and Mike, we go back to third third grade, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. right around there. Um, met each other and playing soccer, playing rec league soccer, and um you know me and him we hit it off and you know then our moms both being single moms it kind of worked out to where it was you know hey I, I got something to do this weekend do you mind watching my kid and vice versa and next thing you know is you got two best friends that had a lifelong friendship now i, I i'm here's a segment that we're going to go with is going to be three questions or memories that mike has with me so we're going to go ahead. I know, Levi, you may or may not enjoy this. If you want to tune out, that's fine. But if you do want to stay in, go for it, brother. All right. Go ahead, Mike. All right. So um, like Jeff said, we've known each other forever. And uh, one, of, one of the biggest memories that it just kind of popped into my head the other day was Jeff was one of the first people, actually the first person that I knew, in my small circle of, you know, schoolmates and friends who knew the names of the, the real names of the wrestlers. Okay. So one day we're riding the bus and, um, he's talking about Terry Balea and I'm like, who the hell is that? And he, and he's, he said, that's, that's the Hulkster. That's Hulk Hogan. And I said, it, it like, it was like an earth shattering mind bending <laughs> moment. <laughs> You know, to to seven <laughs> whatever, you know, like oh, I, I thought Hogan was Hulk Hogan, and um, so you know, you think about before the internet and before um, <laughs> you know a lot of the the conveniences that fans have today. Jeff they, somehow found this information out, and then so so. This first one, you know, I want to talk about, like, how did you find stuff? Out? Like, was it in the magazines or, like, where where was some it? Of it? Some of it was in, like, um, not the PWIs, not the Pro Wrestling Illustrated or not the after mags, as they are so uh, now called. But it would come from some of the old, you know, the wrestling main event or wrestling eye where they would put Hulk Hogan and then in parentheses they would put Terry Bollea or Terry Bulba. Bol they used to call him Terry Bulba for some reason, or, you know, various other names. So that was one way that I knew. Another one was back then there was a National Enquirer episode, uh, uh, article that came out. Yeah. And it was like a four-page article where they went into 
what the wrestlers, who they were, what their real names were, and how they weren't really these characters that they portrayed. They're like, Sergeant Slaughter's real name is blah, 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 blah. And you know what? He was never really a sergeant in the U.S. Army. I mean, it was like, holy shit. So that's that's really where I obtained a lot of my knowledge is just reading reading magazines that weren't kayfabed, per se, and the National Enquirer of all places. Hey, well, I, I just got to say, because, you know, um, it definitely was a more innocent time, okay? Yeah. We yep. were, we were, all we knew was what we saw on TV or read in a magazine or somebody told us. And 30 so, years um, ago, you didn't have access to an internet that could break everything down, and, and then even in an encyclopedia, you could look up Hulk Hogan's name and you may see a picture, and that was it. So, uh, Wikipedia? <laughs> I mean, hello. Yeah. But so, like, you know, I remember that this is kind of a, another memory that kind of piggybacks off that one. You know, it was, it was a time where, hell, I thought The Undertaker was dead and he was he was he was scary as hell. Yeah. And um, uh, I thought the Russians, Nikita and Ivan, I thought mm. they were really Russians. And, uh, you know, you could go down the list of, yeah. of characters who worked in angles so well that. It was. It was. You believed them. Yeah, it was unthinkable to doubt them. Yeah, they made us like, believe. They made us believe. What about uh, Abdul the Butcher? Abdul the Butcher from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. You know, nobody. That one's the one that blew my mind as a kid. No yeah. kid. And and then when you hear Abby talk for the first time, and he sounds like Mike Tyson, that's even more mind blowing. He's not from Sudan, <laughs> right? Or or Nikita Koloff goes, "You know something? Let me tell you something here." Oh, you stupid Americans. And then he talks to me and he goes, hey, how are you doing? I'm Nikita Koloff from Minnesota. I'm Scott Simpson. Fuck. <laughs> now, okay, go ahead, Mikey. What's another one? Um, you know, I, uh, I I had another memory of Jeff uh, because, you know, the universe was really, like, he was tuned into wrestling in his core, Okay. And somehow or another, wrestling found him. And one of the ways wrestling found him was um, his mom worked at CBS. Still works. Did she, did she retire yet? She retired. She had to retire last year due to health reasons. But, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. So, um, and wrestlers would come to the studio to, to be on the show. And Jeff would get out of school and I'd be like, where are you going, Jeff? Oh, uh, nowhere. And then I find out later, Oh, I just met the Von Eriks. Or I just met whoever. And I'm like, Hey, what about, you know, Hey, you know, can you bring me for once in a while? <laughs> <laughs> that I, I'll tell this cause I have shared it on, on wrestling with the future with a couple of people, and, and I know it's one of Angela's favorite stories, and I'll share it here tonight with uh, so Levi can hear it too. Um, the, what it was, my mom did work; she worked at Regent University or CBN, as many people knew it, or the Family Channel Seven Hundred Club with Pat Robertson. She didn't work with Pat himself, but she worked with the university. But anyway, she knew people over there where they filmed the Seven Hundred Club, and she would find out. You know, they would call her up because they all knew. I mean, my mom, I guess it was, you know, being a proud mom when people would say, what's your son into? Oh, my son's into wrestling. And then they would say, oh, and anytime anything to do with wrestling came up, they would call her. Well, they called her up. They said, you know, the Von Erics were coming in for a 700 club. And my mom worked for 
uh, at the time a program called Sing, Spell, Read, and Write, which was a, uh, a spelling program and reading and writing program to help kids and adults learn how to read and write. And uh, she was part of that, and they were gonna, they were also using the Von Ayers to shoot a commercial. Well, one of the guys that was in her office came to her, and he said, hey, can I use Jeff to help me write this commercial so I can get the guys plugged into the right spots? What the hell are you talking about? I've never written a commercial. I'm only 12. <laughs> so they, he, I go over there. I sit down with them, and I look over the script, and I'm like, no, Carrie needs to say this. Kevin needs to be the one that says this. Nope, Carrie needs to be. Anyway, I helped kind of produce or whatever you want to call it how the script need to be written. And the guy said, they said, okay, here's the deal. We're going to be shooting the 700 club with Pat Robertson, the special one, you know, we're going to be doing one during the daytime with no guests in the audience other than you and your son. Y'all are it other than the crew that are there. Oh, by the way, your son has to be quiet. <laughs> 12 years old, and you're telling me I'm getting ready to meet <laughs> wrestlers who I've never met a day in my life. I see these guys every day on ESPN, and I'm getting ready to meet them, and I got to be quiet? No, 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 no. <laughs> I to the green room ahead of time so that I don't totally lose my stuff, and then they bring me back out. We sit down. They come out. I about squeal like a little schoolgirl, and my mom's going, "Jeff, Jeff, calm it down, calm down." Anyway, they do. They shoot the show, shoot the commercial. They come over. They introduce themselves to me. They treat me like I'm family. Fritz says, "Hey, do you want to get some pictures with me and all the family?" Sure. Climb up in my lap, kid. I got to sit in Fritz von Eric's lap at the age of twelve and get a picture with him and Doris and Chris and Kevin and Carrie. You can't beat it. I mean, 12 years old, I was I had chills, and I still do, butterflies, you know, uh, going up and down. It, it was, it, I can't thank my mom enough for that day and that memory of a lifetime. I really can't. I mean, I, I, I hope that she hears us tonight or tomorrow whenever this goes up because that was just – thank you, Mike, for letting me tell that. Go ahead. Third one. There you go, Mike. I believe there was probably a, uh, a conversation with your mom beforehand, which I've heard her give you several times. Now, Jeff, you have to be good in order to go to the <laughs> – Whatever it was, yep. and uh, there was many times where where Jeff would um, skirt the line of whether or not he was going to be able to get the payoff at the end. I was I was a natural heel. Yes, he was. <laughs> but you know what? He was one of my best friends. So you know, even when we would have our, our our matches in the house, you know, I was always the heel. I'd rake your eyes or thumb you in the eye or. <laughs> You know, whatever I needed to do to get the win. I mean, and, and keep in mind, when me and Mike would have a match in the house, we didn't know to call it in the ring, brother. We didn't know about a finish. We didn't flip a coin even. We were straight shooting on each other. <laughs> Except for if we were like, I'm going to put you in a figure four, okay? You lay there. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, can I get you to tell... Levi, the story about how Jeff emptied his cup of ice at the Norfolk Scope. 
That, hey, that that's rumor and in, innuendo. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, I, let me just qualify this. There's there's no physical proof other than the eyewitness testimony of maybe perhaps inebriated wrestling fans in Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> so I qualified that, ref. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Go ahead, Mike. You can tell this one. <laughs> yeah, so so Jeff and I were at the Scope in Norfolk, Virginia, which is a a good mid-size arena. I mean, they had a lot of uh, um, ABA basketball games and concerts and, you know, a lot of – I think they even had monster trucks every once in a while and other yeah, things. Yeah, there. yeah. So it, it was a good-sized place, but it, they – 10,000. It seems okay. at 10 to 12, so – so Jeff and I would get tickets to some of the um, like NWA or WC. I don't think it was WCW. I think it was NWA. No, Maybe. we went to a lot of WCW shows. Okay, and um, so we went this one time, and uh, it may have been like Great American Bash or something. But uh, either way, we went to the scope for this card, and uh, look, we. We're sitting there. Ric Flair comes out, and he had major heat. I mean, made, it was like fire in that place. He was he was just working the crowd so hard. And uh, I forgot who was it? was it Barry Windham that he was wrestling. I think so. That night it may have been. Is either Barry Windham or Sting? Okay. Either way, like I mean, come on. Who who? How hard is it to get heat when you're fighting one of those guys? Well, and here in Norfolk to get heat for Ric Flair was actually really good. I mean, for him to get heat in in Norfolk was saying something. So go ahead, Mike. Yeah, that's his backyard, essentially. I mean, um, so (laughs) we're sitting there and uh, Flair Flair does something that he didn't get the ref's permission for. And um, uh, supposedly. And then... um, some ice goes flying out of the out of the cup. You know they should have put a lid or something on the cup to keep it, you know, more secure. That's right. The ice it just flew into the ring and uh, may or may not have made contact with Mister Flair. And then <laughs> they actually stopped the match and they <laughs> they made an announcement and they said. Uh, do not throw objects into the ring. If we, if we see you, we will uh, oh, or escort you out, something like yeah. that. So um, there may have been a few more pieces thrown after that, but it was very, very cleverly done. And I, I, I you know, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> I, I, I have one that I will share, and it is a non-wrestling one, but it's a, a, a memory of mine. There was a young lady who me and Mike both had our eyes on. Oh no! Um, her name was Lisa. Uh, we will not dis- despair or give her last name. <laughs> uh, however, however, the you know two young third boys, she was quite the good looking female, and and we decided the best way to decide who could who could go after her, her attention, we would have a a Nerf basketball game <laughs> on Mike's porch to decide who <laughs> oh my god I had forgotten about that oh my gosh 
Anyway. So who won? I, I, I believe it may have been me, and, and then it later became evident that she really wanted Mike, and then it was, but I won the game. But there was some uh, some dirty get, some dirty uh, plays in there. So I, I, you know. I know nothing about raking eyes whenever you would go for a shot. I know nothing about that, or trying to clip a knee. There was, there was nothing involved. Now... On our next show, I'm going to yeah. tell everybody about the time that Mike and me basically got catfished by a female. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> everybody, it has been my pleasure tonight on the debut episode of The Ref's Roundtable. It has been a ton of fun. Thank you guys for tuning in. Now, let me tell everyone, you can hear me here at Ref's Roundtable. It is going to be on the Wrestling with the Future uh, under the Wrestling with the Future, uh, everywhere you can find Wrestling with the Future, on Podbean and Spotify and Stitcher and Apple and iTunes and all of it. Hit that like button. Give us a ton of downloads. And because uh, you know and what, Jeff, your show Jeff is going to drop every Tuesday night at 11 p.m. Every Tuesday. Angelo is our, our, our producer slash he's going to chime in when needed. <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, well, actually, ne next week, you won't see me at all. You, you, may, you may hear me one, once at the beginning, but that's about all you're going to hear me. Well, I, I just want to thank everybody here tonight for coming on and let everyone know you can catch me on Twitter at JeffRob41977. And real quick. For those of you fans who thought that I was done with Wrestling with the Future, who thought I was done being Angela's co-host on Wrestling with the Future, you can kiss my ass because I ain't going nowhere because the Rust Roundtable's here and I'm still with Angelo on Wrestling with the Future. Now, Absolutely. Now let me thank everybody for joining me. Levi, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's been a pleasure to have you on the debut episode. Thank you, brother. And Mike, Thanks, man. I had a lot of fun with you, man. I appreciate it, man. I, I would love to have you come on again because you got a lot of you got a lot of good takes on where the business is today and what it where it needs to go, basically. So I think that me and you could do another deep dive on that one, you know, ourselves on that. Mike, thank you so much for joining me as my co-host tonight. I really appreciate it. It's going to be a lot of fun as we go down this road together. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, Mike, plug your show, Mike. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, Mike, go ahead, give your uh, your okay. show. Uh, you can you can catch me on a TV show on PBS called Legacy List with Matt Paxton. Check your local listings. Uh, there's six episodes. It's airing all over the country. So uh, if you can't find it, come uh, come look us up on Facebook or uh, Instagram. But um, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, you guys are awesome. And Levi, I want to I want to talk to you some more because, um, like, we maybe you did it before I got on or whatever, but like, we kind of glossed over the whole eighteen year old going to Japan. Yeah, man. I think we were touching on it, man. But yeah, yeah man, we can we can talk, man. Whatever like, you got. I, I, yeah, you can you can catch up on the next episode if you want, Mike. Yeah, yeah I was geeking out on that, and I love. I can't wait to hear more. So, 
I uh, look forward to catching up with you. Because yeah, real yeah, quick, cool uh, um, Mike has been over to Asia a couple times already. Done a couple tours himself with his wife. His wife is a uh, Korean, correct, yeah. Mike? Yeah. Right. And um, so they've been over there a few different times. Now, Levi, do you got social media that you would like to plug? Twitter, Facebook. I'm, well. I've got a personal website. It's levimcdaniel.com. And if you go on there, pretty much, if you're a fan watching this, you might not have ever heard of me. I mean, I, I get it, especially if you're not from the central state. So if you're interested in me, check it out there, levimcdaniel.com. I've got links on there, like my biographies up there, all the information about my wrestling career, as well as like match links to YouTube, that sort of thing. So just check out that site. And yeah, everything is on there. So. And like I, I said, I, I appreciate being on here. It's fun. I got I to gotta say something really quick, Levi. God bless you for not writing on the coattails of Wahoo's last name. Well, you know what, man? Uh, there's like a long line where I'm connected to him, the family, actually. But I, I don't. Wow. I never wanted to claim it in wrestling, so I want to be my own person. My grandfather is actually like the second or third cousin of the family. So my, my family's from down in Southern Kansas. He was from a uh, part of Oklahoma, but yeah. there's not, I've never met the dude. I don't know anybody of the family. So like I grew up, my grandpa would say that he was like his cousin, but even him was not like super close. So I wanted to be my own guy. And I even thought about changing my name, but I don't have the appearance, man. I don't, I don't look native. So yeah. there, there's no real, I, I wouldn't want to do that type of gimmick anyways. So but yeah, I, I love Wahoo, man. Wahoo's cool, man. Brutal, old school wrestler. That's what I like. I, I actually did get a. I got shot by Wahoo one good time, and I thought I, I thought I shot fire out of my butt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, everyone, my name is Jeff the Ref, and this has been the Ref's Roundtable. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next All week. All right. Bye, well done, Jeff. Good job. Good job. Uh, let everybody know it's going to be a busy week with Wrestling with the Future. We yeah. got a couple of real heavy weeks coming up. Yes, sir. This week, we've got, uh, oh my, we got uh, NWA referee Fred Richards along with Jeff the Ref and Jim Robbins, referee from the Midwest Territory. And I got a funny story to tell about to tell Mr. Fred that night. Oh, yeah. He's going to love that one. Next week, former WWE, WWF star, former American gladiator, Rico Constantino will be with us. On Wednesday of next week, it's ladies night. Princess Victoria, Velvet McIntyre, KC Carlisle, and maybe a surprise from a glow girl. Well, maybe a surprise from a glow girl. Also next week, the founder of RF Video, Ring of Honor, and an ECW alumni, Rob Feinstein, will be here. Next Saturday, Pam Allen, the daughter of Gordon Soley, will be with us. Oh. We've got Ron Starr, a rising independent wrestler, and kicking off March... We've got a star-studded lineup. Evan Ginsberg and Bill Pierce, a former WWE, WWF, and uh, Hansman talent, also part of Simply Splendid. Great tag team. We've got um, 
Oh, God, who else do we have here? It's, it's going to be a busy week. Gee whiz. Uh, oh, Cowboy Johnny Mantell on uh, March the 12th. We've got Barbara Goodish on the 24th. Bruiser Brody's wife. That's going to be a good one. That'll be good. J.J. McGuire will, will be with us on March the 26th, and he will be joined by Conway Twitty's daughter, Kathy Twitty, very dear friend of mine. On March the 31st, promoter Tom Jaron will be with us. On April the 2nd, independent wrestling legend Amy Lee will be here. On April the 7th, Sal Carrente, the author of Bruno Sammartino, the autobiography of wrestling's living legend, will be joined by J.J. Dillon on the show. He will also be joined by Davey O'Hannon. A great, great show planned. And a surprise even to Jeff the Ref. In April, we've got former WWE star, former WWE icon, former WWE legend. I ain't telling you yet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You'll have to wait till next week, and then I'll reveal his name. Right. But let me just say for the record, and I want everybody to hear, because I'm going to say it in front of everybody. I am so proud of you, Ref. You made Papa proud. I feel like a proud daddy right now. Thank you, brother. You've done, you done real good, and I, uh, you know, I tried to stay out of it as much as I could. You know, I'm Italian, so I can't help it sometimes. <laughs> But next week, uh, you may hear my voice, but you won't see me. I'm going to block my camera out so you can't see, so you won't be distracted by my good looks. He, he, he didn't want me flying, but so, so, but so solo tonight. He gave me a little net. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm you know, what do you think, Mikey? He did a really good job. Excellent job. Excellent job. And, um, you know, I do want to say, Angelo, if, you, if you're uh, – you know, if you're not going to be on video next week, um, I'm going to miss seeing the Valentine theme mirror behind you. Can you at least just post a picture oh, of that? Yeah, look at that. There we look. go. <laughs> My wife did that. It's beautiful. Uh, you almost did a Christmas time. It looks beautiful. How about it, Jeff? At Christmas. Hey, Christmas was, was awesome. He had a Christmas tree behind him. I mean, he stays themed. You know what? <laughs> Filming from my mom's basement, as some people have accused me. Uh, we won't mention any names. They can get the big F you. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> this is Jay Jeff the Ref, formerly known as J.R. Jackson. You've been listening to the Ref Roundtable. You have Angelo. You got Mike Keller. You got Levi the Wrestler over here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Goodbye, everyone. Good night. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.